to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome back to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I just realized that uh, tonight I have some guests and they can see everything I'm doing in this room, even though they're not in here. And I was doing a little jig. So... Uh, <laughs> Tonight, I wanted to do something a little different. I'm trying to, you know, change the format of the podcast. The last time you saw that we have the Antichrist Kingdom Corner, we're going to keep that. That has been positive. Um, But also, there's a lot going on in the world. When I sit down and talk with people, they're saying, man, what does all this do in regards lining up with, you know, uh, prophecy, biblical end times, you know, the things going on in Israel? Does Does this affect us? Is it all related? So I thought, hey, you know what, every now and then, let's just start having a conversation um, about current events. And so that led me to want to go find a panel of people brave enough to come on here and to talk about, well, politics and everything else. And so I found two brave souls that I'm going to bring on here in just a minute. But before we get into that tonight, I wanted to talk to you and just kind of remind you. So yes, we're going to talk about some news and things that are not a lot of fun and things that are uncomfortable to talk about, but I want to remind you exactly what Jesus says. He warned us. Everything that's going on right now has been prophesied for thousands of years, thousands. In fact, more than that, think of this. Jesus and Isaiah was being prophesied over 700 years, 700 years before the Messiah came. So all these things that we're talking about, it actually should increase your faith because it lines up with scripture and it shows us that The Bible is infallible, that it's true, and we're going to talk about a couple of those points tonight because there's a few of these things as it relates to current events, specifically around Israel, that should actually increase your faith, not decrease it. But I want to make sure that you understand this isn't to instill fear or to to make you worry about what's going on. Yes, things are ugly and things are upside down, but I want you to remember this. God reminds us that we are under his covering. Think of this. He says that, you know, does he not provide for the sparrow of the field? All the needs of the sparrow, how much greater are we in the eyes of God? We are his children. We are royalty. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are literally royalty in the kingdom of heaven. And so he's going to protect his children. He does protect his children. But that doesn't mean that we're not living in in ugly times. Jesus told us that as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. Meaning when Jesus returns, I could do two podcasts on that one statement alone. But in the times of Noah, what, what all was going on? The world was run amok. It was corrupt. People were evil um, and did pretty much nothing but evil. And the Bible says they thought of all these new ways. They did nothing and thought of nothing but evil. And God saved only eight people and started completely over. And there's a lot of things that are parallel um, to Genesis, the beginning, okay, and, and, and whenever the, the flood came, also as it relates to what Jesus did for us by dying on that cross and when the covenant changed. So just know this, that God from the very beginning, when, he, when creation began, he planned for this time, and he knew that we would be in this situation. And so when we look around the world right now, we see many of those things, right? 
evil on every corner. And so what does the Bible say about that? In Matthew 24, beginning in verse 6, and tonight you'll have to forgive me. I don't have all the, all the scripture on the screen, but you can uh, take notes and go, go look at this yourself, and I highly recommend that you do. But in Matthew 24, uh, beginning in verse 6, it says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking to us and telling us, listen, don't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up for tribulation and kill you. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that part <laughs> later. So, were, so I'm, I'm a very heavily a pre-tribulation person. I've been promising for a long time to do a pre, pre-trib post, uh, podcast. I will. Let me tell you something. He will come for the church. He, he saved Noah and his family before he brought tribulation. He saved Lot and his family. Well, of course, his wife turned around and looked when she wasn't supposed to, but saved Lot before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And, and he will do the same thing for his bride. Okay, we are the bride, which is always a weird thing as a dude like to be saying, hey, I'm the bride of Christ. That's just, I don't know, man, but okay, uh, I guess I'm a bride. But whatever, you have to understand it from a Jewish wedding ceremony perspective, how beautiful it is because it comes with authority and covering and protection. So just know that tonight some of the topics we talk about, talk about might be a little, a little heavy, and we're going to circle back on this in the end. But I have a couple of people that you might recognize that I would like to bring on the podcast with me and introduce them if you don't know them. And that is Melissa and Brett Ponder. How y'all doing? Very good. Thank Very you. Good. Well, I appreciate you guys being willing to, to come on the podcast and to talk about some of these uncomfortable topics. Uh, to the audience, I want to go ahead and I'll, I'll give you, uh, you know, just a heads up. I, there's a couple of topics that came up just this week. In fact, when we were planning this podcast, I told Melissa, I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And she still agreed to come on. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Well, I wanted to start with something. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot that's going on. Um, we're talking about there's a presidential election. There's some stuff going on around that. Israel, of course, Israel is everywhere in the news, and so I think that's probably where, where yeah, it is, where, where we'll spend most of our time. Um, and but then also, kind of as it relates to end times type of things. I mean, Henry Kissinger, I don't know. I mean, so well, I want to talk a little bit about some of these different topics, but I thought we would start with this. I was reading uh, the news the other day, and I saw that the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan came out. His name is Jamie Dimon. Uh, I think I have a picture of him somewhere. Let me see here. That, nope, that's the wrong wrong one. That's him right there. Uh, so that's uh, Jamie Dimon. He's the CEO of J.P. Morgan. He came out in support of Nikki Haley uh, for president. Have you all seen this? Yes. Yes. And so what's interesting is that, like, a lot of people don't realize, and if you don't know who Nikki Haley is, this is a picture of her. She was the governor of South Carolina. Is that right? I believe so. I think that's where, where she yes. was governor. That's correct. Okay. And so here's the interesting thing is that, so whenever she was a, the governor of South Carolina, I didn't know a whole lot about her. In fact, whenever I would listen to her speak, I agree with a lot of what she said. And it wasn't until later that I found out that um, – because then she became uh, an ambassador to the U.N. Do you all remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So I thought that was kind of that's kind of a weird South Carolina to the UN. I don't know, man. This this is that's kind of a, well. It turns out in 2011, if y'all y'all heard me on this program talk about Klaus Schwab before. In 2011, she was stated as uh, a young global leader and one of the young global leaders for the World Economic Forum. Had y'all heard of that? Yes. So what are y'all's thoughts, just before I go any further, about the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it. World Economic Forum, I mean, everything I've done so far, um, it's just bad for everything. Um, all globalists, um, all power-seeking people, um, following monies, uh, taking money from all different governments and pushing agendas through governments and even the private sector, just nothing good. So. Well, interesting. So a minute ago, I brought up an image uh, by accident. I don't know if y'all could, could have seen it, but uh, it actually is a picture. Um, and this is this right here is Henry Kissinger on the left. And on the right, that is Klaus Schwab. And I didn't know until Henry Kissinger was dead uh, recently that there was a connection between the two. Had y'all ever heard of that? I had not until this week, like you said. So in 19, so first of all, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get too far away from the Nikki Haley stuff. So we'll come back to Klaus and, and Henry Kissinger here in a minute. But here's what... Uh, I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. Here's what the Young Global Leader webpage says on who we are is what it states. All right, so it says, Aligned with the World Economic Forum's mission, we seek to drive public-private cooperation in the global public interest. We are united by the belief that today's pressing problems present an opportunity to build a better future across sectors and boundaries. So I thought their language is fairly interesting. Uh, Public-private cooperation. Um, what does that sound like? Does that remind you of anything that you've heard going on through the World Economic Forum? Or even in I our mean, own government? I mean, we see that every day um, with our social medias. I mean, more and more keeps coming out about that. So The public-private cooperation. And, and what, what that's essentially wanting us to do is, so, okay, well, the last part. Build a better future across sectors and boundaries. That's nations. That's nations. Right. So nations and governments. Okay. So reforming the world. Um, so when you look at the public-private par partnerships, y'all probably they keep trying to – anything that they do, they give it a bad name. So it constantly has a new name. But this is actually a, 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 a topic that was introduced to Klaus Schwab. Henry Kissinger actually helped put these ideas in. How do, you, how do you take all these nations and control them? And it comes down to money, right? Well, the United States, we were just a powerhouse. How do you bring something like that down? You get control of those young global leaders. You begin to brainwash them early, make them think that they're important, tell them that they're going to have a seat on the bus. But then you get into the corporations, public-private partnerships. That's what we're seeing right now. Think about electric vehicles. I mean, Brett, mm -hmm. you know, he drives – you all might not know this about Brett, but he drives a Prius with a pink flower on the back. <laughs> Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Can you? He, he can't fit in. He had to take the back seat. You know, he has to sit in the back seat to drive it. But, um, but the the that's the thing. That's an example of it. So I, you know, make fun of the electric vehicles all the time, but they're losing money left and right, and they're worse for the climate. Way worse. Oh, way worse. Way worse. And think about if they're all about human or 
uh, what's the word, um, wanting to value human life or whatever, this the slave labor that's being used to even mine the cobalt and stuff to make these ridiculous batteries that drain electricity just to charge them and stuff. It's it's all a joke. It's all a joke. Oh, it's well, and here's here's what's interesting is, and I don't know if you have seen this. Have you seen that they're now look so seventy percent over seventy percent of all the parts, the cobalt, the the mines, everything that we need is is controlled by other nations, namely China yes. and Africa. Right. Africa. Yes. Um, and I want to, I can't remember, but it is one of those African nations. They have children out there digging in those mines. Have you heard that? Yes. Yes. They are, they are child slaves and the women, the women are abused and, um, yeah, they're just taken advantage of and the children are just beat to death and to mine this cobalt to make these, uh, batteries and stuff. So it's all, it's all a joke. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. It's not green. It's none. Oh, it's everything not they green. want you no. Everything they want you to believe about it. It is totally the opposite. Well, it's kind of how Satan operates. Whatever he, you know, is accusing the others of. That's generally what he's doing. Um, True. So the thing is, like, this, all these things are connected. Um, a lot of these articles are pulled from. I mean, we're talking about electric vehicles. So that's pro- public-private partnerships, right? So back to this whole so. DEI, we know that on the last Antichrist Kingdom Corner, you know, Lucid Motors, for every vehicle sold, they're losing $225,000 per car. That's insane. Ford Motors is losing $60,000 per vehicle sold, electric vehicle sold. Okay, that's, there's no business model for that. So yeah. how can they stay in business? You know, and our this, tax dollars. Our tax dollars are all being funneled. Yes. You know, and not just tax, well, yes, definitely tax dollars, but also a lot of our investment, 401ks, things like that, that are controlled by companies like, yeah. you know, BlackRock, mm-hmm. Vanguard, stuff like that, where you have, the, they have trillions and trillions and trillions in assets and they funnel, they're, they're part of this globalist agenda and they funnel money back in. They say, listen, you're out on your own. You're not going to get a loan. You can't do anything unless you do what we tell you. So that's the whole public private partnership. Correct. And the social credit system, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So back to Nikki Haley. J.P. Morgan, you know, well, the J.P. Morgan, we know how connected they are to the Fed. We also know. Yep. So we also know that they are essentially, you know, on the bus. They're they're at Davos, you know, every Mm -hmm. year. They're connected with the World Economic Forum. Nikki Haley, she was a young global leader. Have you ever heard Nikki Haley actually what she believes in regards to the border and things of that nature? I don't remember if it came up in one of the debates. Did it, so, Brett? Yeah. So if, if you uh, don't know, she. If, if anything, it's just open yeah. borders, which she supports. Yeah, so. she really is. She is. She is for open borders, and, and and she'll she'll say it in a in a different way. Okay, but essentially, it's it's open borders. Glenn Beck is down right now. So they're down near Houston. In fact, this is down there where my mom lives. There is one of these. There's a community oh. the size of Miami. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between seventy and a hundred thousand people, and everybody in that community, a hundred percent of them, are illegal aliens. Have you all heard about this community? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, Glenn Beck is down there with re, re, uh, with uh, all kinds of researchers and I think really heavy security teams. And these people are doing that are building this. I mean, they're supposed to be quote unquote conservatives, right? They're doing everything legal, but it's it's manipulation. They say, hey, for five hundred dollars down, you can get a house, but it's credit card interest. And then the, the houses are built so poor, like if it rains, there's built in a lake. 
bed area, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then, I mean, left and right, people are foreclosed on. I mean, it's incredibly immoral, but technically what they're doing down there, from the builder's side of things, is is uh, is legal. And But this is what they're trying to do, to change. And they're, they have these types of communities, well, you can call them cities, whatever you want to call them, go happening and popping up all over the country. That is the kind of thing that happens with this mindset of Nikki Haley and yes. all these other people who want to have these borders completely open. He said in January they're going to, the Blaze is going to be releasing a documentary. It's not just him. It's the Blaze. And I'm okay. really curious to see about that. Um, yeah, that would be a good one to watch, I'm sure. Yeah. So here's the deal is that the reason they want Nikki Haley is that she's part of the World Economic Forum globalist agenda plan. You know, and so when you see Nikki Haley, you hey, I'm with her accent, and she's from South Carolina, and she's a, hey, I got I got all these daughters. I got nothing against you know a woman being a president. All right, they ought. In fact, I tell you what, McKinley, if she is old enough, she'd make a great one. <laughs> <laughs> she even has MGT as her initials. She's, but you know, <laughs> that that's the deal is that all these things we're talking about are interconnected. I, <laughs> I want to bring up a word. Um, to see how you feel about it. And the word is cabal. <laughs> Have you heard that word? Just a few times. Yeah. So if what happens generally when you talk about it on podcasts on the YouTube, <laughs> sometimes they, oh, well. Uh, uh, well, I thought it'd be interesting. I'm going to just read their words. Um, so there, if you haven't heard of this, so David Rockefeller, um, cause yes, I did use the word cabal, but I'm not the one that brought it up. David Rockefeller did. I want to read a quote. Some believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the U.S., calling my family internationalists, conspiring around the world to build a global political and economic structure, one world. If that's the charge, I stand guilty, and I am proud of it. Have you all heard that quote before? I have. That was in 2000. I came in if it was 2002 or 2004. That he said that. And there's an interesting word he used. He said internationalist. Do you know where that word came from? No. Henry Kissinger. Henry ah. Kissinger Henry Kissinger is the one where that came, became really popular. So I, I want to talk about him a little bit. So, Melissa, I know that Henry Kissinger is kind of before your time, Brett, in regards to him being the U.S. Secretary <laughs> yeah. okay, of State and hey, so forth. Hey, he's before my time too, right? <laughs> no, he's so I remember hearing about Kissinger as a kid. You know, I mean, he was because he was around and count. Uh, he was before both our times, but he was he was still very much influential in, in our lifetimes. Yes. So he 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 was a Harvard graduate, right out of Harvard. He became faculty, and he actually was connected. One of the first things he did was create a six hundred page better. Uh, uh, well, it's not really an essay, but basically trying to help the Rockefellers come up with a plan that essentially is this, you know, global agenda idea. Of course, they didn't say it quite like that. But there's some interesting things I want to bring up about Henry Kissinger because we always hear people talking about, uh, you know, who's going to be the Antichrist and all stuff. This is one of the things when I was, when I was young, I didn't even know who the Antichrist I didn't like, what's the Antichrist? Okay, but I remember people saying that they thought, you know, Henry Kissinger could be the Antichrist because he was – he gave given the, the Nobel Peace Prize, and, and, and he was the first Jewish U.S. Secretary of State. Um, he had all these connections with the Rockefellers. That's why I mentioned that David Rockefeller connection a minute ago. And here's what's interesting is that he's a Jew. Right. Israel was formed in 1948. 
And here's Henry Kissinger, okay, a Jew. Do y'all have any? Have you ever heard about what his thoughts were in regards to how the the Israel how Israel should be managed or who should be in control? I didn't know this until just this week. I don't remember that part. He he said Jordan. He said so. Here's a Jew. He should be fighting for Israel, right? He said, forget a two-state solution. So just let Jordan control him. And what blew my mind was the fact that he was a Jew. And I, I never, I always knew that he was pretty much anti-Israel. He was a globalist. He mentored Klaus Schwab in 1966, 1967. Um, Klaus Schwab, he mentored him. And he's the one that really helped uh, Klaus Schwab come up with this public-private globalist idea in how you – basically, you get the most powerful, wealthy people in the world on board, and you can control every government in the world. That's ba- essentially the way he – the approach that he went. So he, I have a picture um, that I'm going to show. So this is that picture I mentioned. I mean, that's Henry Kissinger, and that's Klaus Schwab. And so when you're talking about who he was, I never really understood, well, how can a Jew – be so against Israel. And I'm going to interject here real quick. I do believe that there were a large group of Jews across the globe that were against Israel becoming a nation because, and I don't, I can't fully understand their thought process, but they, um, they didn't want to have this dual uh, loyalty to the the nations where they lived because they were scattered everywhere. They didn't want to have to be torn between loyalty between the nation where they were residing and the nation to which they belonged by heritage. That's right. That's, that's what I do know. Well, so, so, so let's talk about that. Okay. In Joel three, um, it talks about, I will also gather all nations. So we, let's back up. So they, they, they were pro- it's prophesied over. Uh, in fact, they, how many times? So the you have Israel, you have Judah, um, you know the Assyrians, you know conquered them. Then the Babylonians, you know they were taken to exile. All right, Nehemiah comes back. They rebuild the temple. All right, we get all the way through. Jesus, the Messiah, comes. He was talking of himself. He says, you know, you you destroy that temple, I'll re- rebuild it in three days. We know that what that really meant because that the covenant changed. Here we're talking about Jesus. So we go a little further. We get to seventy A.D. In 70 AD, the Rome, uh, Rome, they, that's what they actually, they're the ones that gave that area the name Palestine, and they destroyed the temple. And it is, the word says that they would be scattered amongst many nations, around the nations of the world, okay? And so I'm going to bring up a few scriptures, but let's talk about what happens when they came back. They, were, they, they, they became a single nation again in 1948, but it says in Joel 3, 2, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them uh, there on account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. So here they were. They're scattered among the nations. And they have also divided up my land. God is very serious about when you divide up his land. In fact, there's a book um, called, I think, Eye to Eye. I've mentioned it before. And it's there's it's has it's documented every time that land has been uh, divided up, especially as it relates to the United States being involved with those. And when you do this, something always happens. Everything from financial crisis to hurricanes and and earthquakes and pestilences and famines. I mean, it's it's crazy. You don't divide up God's land. So there is 
and I this, this is probably probably a bigger conversation than just this podcast, but there's a number of different backgrounds to people who classify themselves as Jews. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think one of the groups that you're specific, you're talking to and, and talking about, and I believe this is um, who Kissinger was, is an Ashkenazi Jew. Okay. And the Ashkenazi Jews are, are different. And I'm not saying they're not Jewish. And I'm not saying that they don't, you know, believe, uh, you know, in, in Judaism and practice Judaism. I'm not some, many of them don't, many of them don't, many of them are secular Jews. Right. Okay. But that being said, most Ashkenazi Jews, if you, if you, when you talk about, and I want to hear what your thoughts on, on this here in a minute, Melissa, because I know that I've, we've talked a little bit about it. So in, in, in Revelations, 144,000, it says there's going to be, you know, we know that there are 12,000, you know, from each tribe, okay? And they're mm-hmm. going to basically be the, the, the evangelists during tribulation. Okay, so there's a very important word, though, there. They're all Jewish. <laughs> they become yes. believers. Yes. They all are connected to a tribe. Tribe. I want to hear your thoughts because you shared a story a little while ago about somebody you talked to uh, from Israel, I believe, and kind of their thoughts on Netanyahu. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. So I know um, a true Israelite, like I'm hesitant anymore to say, and gosh, this can come across so harsh or people might think something not accurate of me, but I am for Israel for sure. But you have to be careful when you talk about Jews, because there's a lot of people that call themselves Jews that are not Israelites. And so a Israelite, a true uh, Jew that, uh, that scripture references, they know, I mean, heritage is huge to them. And they know which tribe they're from. They know their father, their father's father. And I mean, they can go back for decades and centuries and know the line that their family comes from. And that is very important to them. And that was that has always been since the beginning of time. I mean, there's a whole book on it called Numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and all through and other places in the Old Testament where it's where God shows the importance of heritage and the family and the lines and and going all the way back to Jacob and then the 12 sons, which would get the 12 tribes. So that's very important. Um, but the the story I was ref- that I referenced earlier, so Jeff and I had to do a wedding and we were down in the hill country. And um, I actually have a tattoo on one of my hands that's in Hebrew. And so I ran into a lady, she was trying to sell me beauty products and, but she noticed my tattoo and she read it in Hebrew. And I said, are you from Israel? And she said, yes. And so this was um, probably a month after the October 7th attack. And so uh, we just got to talking and I said, how is your family? Do you still have family there? Are they okay? She uh, went on to say that she keeps in contact with her cousins and her parents and that fortunately they were all well and safe. And um, I went on, I said, can I ask a personal question? And she goes, sure. And I said, how do you feel about Netanyahu? Do you trust him? And she said, we do not. Um, she said, we, um, we hope that he will finish this um, 
conflict and that it will end well and that we hope that when this is over that we can replace him with someone who's more trustworthy. She went on to say, I'm not sure that there is a world leader who is trustworthy. And I just kind of chuckled because, I mean, isn't that how we all feel right now? But um, then she said, uh, hopefully we can replace him with someone who's trustworthy or the Messiah. And I said, okay. So I didn't go into, I didn't have time to get get into discussion or debate about the Messiah, but I found it very interesting that um, their their feelings towards uh, Netanyahu were not good at all. So, and we know from current events that actually there was um, a public uprising against him just before the October 7th attack. I remember that. So the the public, um, the citizens of Israel were uh, uh, organizing and getting ready to have some big protests and demonstrations, actually. Well, they if I recall. So, in fact, whenever they stuck it, well, because it was moving, it was, it was moving in a direction where they were going to try to oust him, if I'm not yes. mistaken. And then when this October 7th stuff happened. <clears throat> Then they said, okay, well, listen, we're going to leave them in place, but you can't make any decisions. There can't be any new, I don't know if they call it legislation, but whatever it is, you know, in uh, basically, though, that's not related to the war. Um, and so he's it made me think, you know, the back in, you know, the, the war, all these are the mobs. They had the wartime consigliers, you know, make them an offer. That's, that's what I mean. It's kind of what he is. It's like he's a wartime consigliere. Um, so that's kind of where that. So here's an interesting thing is that, you know, the anti-Semitism is rampant throughout the world. Um, We're talking about a little bitty place in the Middle East. I mean, this tiny nation. What are they like 0.2% of the population, a global population or something like that? It's like teeny tiny. I think it might be less than that. I don't. I, I, I don't know exactly, but it's, it's. I don't remember the number, but, but it's so many, small. But the impact that they have globally. Oh, is is it's immense in in every area in regards to from from research and medicine and right. I mean just okay. So in Zechariah twelve three, um, it says, "And it shall happen in that day, I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces." Though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Okay, this is interesting. You have to think about when this was written. We're talking right now. We're talking. We're talking. You know, three thousand years ago that things are being prophesied that are happening now. It's impossible to have guessed that every nation. And when it says through though the nations of the earth, it didn't just say you know some nations from the area. It says the entire world is going to be you know the Jerusalem will be a heavy stone around them. You know, we think about just in, in the last two presidencies, there's been a pretty huge difference between Trump and Biden. Trump, they loved him. Night and day. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they loved him because they moved, he moved it, you know, the, 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 um, what, the, what, uh, embassy. the embassy. Embassy, thank you. I was trying to say, yeah, because the embassy back to Jerusalem, right? They love him. He, he, I mean, there was, there were peace accords, you know, the Abraham Accords, all these they things were beginning them. to happen. Mm-hmm. The opposite thing is taking place now. I mean, heck, Biden sat there in in, in the White House, and he and I, I, I want to also state this real fast. Um, this is not a political podcast in the least. Uh, I, but the thing the thing is, is so much is happening in the world, 
Um, and you're going to hear me you, a minute ago. I criticized the Republicans. You can't say I'm criticizing only you know one side or the other. I'm not. I criticize everybody. Uh, but the thing is, is that here on October seventh, we know that horrible atrocities. I'm afraid to even utter some of the things that happened to women and children on the podcast. Mm-hmm. In case you have kids in the car or wherever you're listening. And then our president went and sat in the Oval Office and called for a two-state solution. If you've looked recently, now they're wanting to give. So today, in fact, uh, I haven't turned on the ticker but on because I didn't want to cover up anybody's face or anything. But in, in the ticker, you'll see there's, there's actually some, some things that happened in southern Gaza. And that's important because Anthony Blinken and, and the Biden White House, they want all Gaza, especially specifically southern Gaza, uh, to be given the authority over to the Palestinian Authority. That is insane. Not only that, they want to take it further. So Gaza would be under Palestinian Authority. They even, so the, the, the real goal, that because Biden already said, the hey, with two-state solution, well, they want the West Bank. And so that's Judea and Samaria. And in, in that area, if you were to give that over, first of all, no Jews would be allowed to live there. Um, I saw, if you don't subscribe to endtimes.com with Jimmy Evans and those guys, they have a new um, a reporter that is part of the end time stuff that lives in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, and Today, he was going through the streets, and he went up to the, so the, it's, there's areas of it that are d- divided in Bethlehem. They were divided in three sections, and so it's, it had in, 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 in Arabic, uh, Hebrew, and English, you know, basically, hey, if you're, you know, a Jewish Israelite, you don't want to go here because you're going to die. Well, he's no, he, he, he's, most people ignore it, but he said, anyway, he went and he went through and he's showing how all these places are divided up and, and just the, the, the danger of those, of those areas. Well, first of all, so if you were to take the West Bank away from uh, the Jews, you're going to displace over 700,000 Jews. Mm. Where are they supposed to go? You know, everybody said, and not only that, I tell you, I'd really love to get Courtney Crowley on, on the podcast again. She, she was going to come on recently and just, just be praying for her. I know that she's, if you don't know who she is, she is a, a wonderful person. She's a historian and a teacher. Or, uh, just, I mean, she has so much knowledge of Israel. She teaches on okay. Israel, but she was talking, she has a, a piece that she teaches on about who the Palestinians are, and they have no right to that land, never have. Palestine was given, they were given that name by the Romans. Um mm-hmm. And so all these things are going on with our own government. So if you don't know the word and you don't know what God says about his people, and, and that's the other thing that you know, I want to touch on is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of false doctrine being, you know, taught out there that says that God, um, the, whenever the covenant changed, whenever, you know, Jesus came down on the cross for us, it did, but not as it relates to who's God's, cho- or God's children are. The Israelites are God's children to the end. That, that has not, that will never change. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we are not royalty in heaven. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different conversation. But we as Christians need to absolutely be behind Israel, period. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult when you see your own nation, your own president, speaking against these things. And so when I say these, I mean, what you know? Uh, what are your thoughts? Either of y'all, let you go. But just when when you're talking to somebody about, you see these things happening even within our own government. As the as the body of Christ, as a Christian, as a believer, what is our role right now when we're talking about Israel and the Israelites? 
Yeah, I mean, I would just say as Christians, like especially in today, um, you gotta you gotta be strong and strong with discernment. You gotta do your own research. There's propaganda coming out of both sides. You got I got our governments, the Western governments, making stupid decisions. You got uh, factions inside of Israel and Palestine and elsewhere making dumb decisions, and you just gotta stick to what the word says and uh, support support the people who need our support and not just follow whatever propaganda is coming out. Well, okay, so that's an interesting thing is because now I'm not worried about you, but I'll tell you what, man, your generation and the generation right behind you, mm-hmm. man, they are they are crazy lost. These these college campuses, did y'all see the pro-Palestinian, you know, uh, you know, was, it's happened all over the country and it's happening all over the world. But did you see the one in, in London, how huge it was? I mean, yes, uh, it was massive. Yeah, it's insane. And so, and they're, and they're trying to say, I mean, they, they can't even deny. So that Jaya Pal or whatever her name is that, you know, one of the squad, the crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, (laughs) she, even she had to finally admit, well, maybe there were some people. I don't, again, I can't say some of these words. I just don't want in case there's children or something listening, but even they can't deny that now, but yet they're still every day. Like if I go look at the news right now, I guarantee you there is some pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, um, you know, protests going on. How, uh, so this is my question for you, Brett, is that your generation, I mean, how do, how do you discern what that truth is? Because, you know, there's so much junk coming out. They believe, even when Bill Maher says that <laughs> students are being taught in American schools to hate America, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm just saying, you it's know. It's bad at that point. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty bad. So, Talk to people your age and, and to my kids, you know, uh, because how do you discern that truth? How do you know how to, to, to find what, what's true? Because the, both sides, man, they're, they're pumping it out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean for me, um, I follow a lot of um, alternative, more Christian or conservative-leaning media people. Um, and I've, I just listen to what they're saying and usually find a common narrative. And um, usually that's the correct one, but also, I mean, um, you just gotta pray about what you're seeing. Um, listen that's to God. That's exactly right. Um, just if if you can even think about what you're seeing, pray about it, and if if you feel affirmed to that, um, what you're receiving, and it's most likely correct. So there was uh, one time there was uh, the, these. These women uh, in a in a church that <clears throat> I knew about, and um, they said that they had an affair, and uh, they said that God told them to divorce their husbands. Um, and there were people wanting to line up on either side of that argument. Of course, more on one than the other, as you can imagine. And and so here's the thing, okay? If it doesn't line up with Scripture, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's Total, total junk. Throw it out. Total junk. Yeah. And, and that's the just like we're talking about replacement theory. You know that we're God's you know uh, children. Now. We are we are children of God. But when it talks about God, that those special people, those Israelites, the, the, the covenant that God made with Abraham, He never breaks a covenant. Mm-hmm. Never breaks a covenant. He can't. <laughs> he cannot, because that would be mm-hmm. to deny His own you know divinity. Um, mm-hmm. And so. Line things up with scripture. Um, Before you move on from the universities and stuff, 
there is a positive that's coming out of all of this. Because of the um, protest and things that have been rising up on the college campuses, um, one of the things that they've found is most of the Jews, American Jews, tend to be liberal. And the majority of the American Jews tend to be liberal. And of those liberal Jews, a majority of them are starting to realize the corruption and the just falsehoods that are being taught in the universities. And these are some of the universities that they were big donors for. And that's all like up in the air now. And so it's really good to see these uh, these Jews starting to see the truth about the education system in the United States and that um, it's not really trustworthy and stuff. So that's a good thing that's coming out of this. Um, truth always rises to the top and you can't you can't hide it forever. So. Well, it's interesting you say that because on a was just on a, from a, a just a demographic perspective, have y'all seen just uh, the black community um, and, and what's They're changing starting to see the truth? that they have been used by the political left. Um, well, all the way back, Margaret Sanger, they created, they created Planned Parenthood Planned to Parenthood. kill, to kill and abort um, black children. Did you know, so on the Kissinger front, he was part of it. You know, and this, and this, this is, this will kind of ring a bell with really what's going on in the world. You know, first of all, they talked about how to, you had, the population was getting too big, you needed to depopulate there. This was going on back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. They talked about putting things, chemicals, in water treatment plants to sterilize people. They also talked about you had to get into the school systems so that mm -hmm. you could teach homosexuals. Because, like, listen, if we can get more people just to be homosexuals, then we'll have kids. I mean, right. and so these were, this was Kissinger and, and, and those people, um, that, that group. Well, the Planned Parenthood, for example, Margaret Sanger, she, she was absolutely a racist. I mean, a despicable human being. Planned Parenthood was founded on demonic mm -hmm. principles and still exists and stands on demonic principles. Okay. And it was, it was to go against the black community. Finally, though, Bidenomics, isn't that a great term? Even now, the White <laughs> House and Democrats are shying away from that term. I can't believe that <clears throat> person was, sorry, I, <laughs> I slipped a little there, but I, I tell you what, I can't believe that they were, all these people are talking about how great the economy is, you know, when, I saw there was three different research firms that came out that said that the average family, okay, and th these are these are all disconnected. So it's three different ones. And if you average them out, for an average family, it's costing an extra eleven thousand four hundred dollars per year to live the exact same, mm -hmm. to, to live at the same level that you lived at uh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, people that's are that's a this, fast change too. Well, it's fast, and who does that affect the most? The people who literally can't put food on the table, mm -hmm. you know, and those who are, 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 you know, hurting. And so people are still waiting to so wait. You mean these people aren't for us? No, they're not for you. They no. only see you as a, as a way to power. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. And so there's a lot of things happening where people are waking up um, and starting to. I'm curious about what's going to happen. If, if I'll tell you what. I'll just say this. We're a long ways from another election. Um, you know, it's, it's essentially a year. It's going to be a long year. Yeah. 2024, yeah. man. So we need to just be praying and remember what we're talking about. I mean, we're under God's covering, so we don't want to worry about it, but we need to. 
But the church needs to remember that um, they need to, politics are important. And I love how Allie Beth Stuckey puts it. She says, uh, politics are important because politics make policies and policies affect people. So we need to pay attention to what's going on in DC with Congress and with the Senate. Um, and we need to be in communications with our representatives. They work for us. And so we email them, we call them, we, we do whatever it takes to make sure that they remember uh, what we what our desires are, what our beliefs are, what our goals are, and that they line up with uh, with us as a whole because we outnumber them. So <laughs> we outnumber them, and you need to understand this too: is that your beliefs and we were founded as a Judeo-Christian country. We were founded on right. Judeo-Christian, you know, principles. And, and, and until recently, okay, and I'm not going to get off on a First Amendment thing because when it talks about separation of church and state, there's nowhere in the it doesn't say anything about that. In fact, you know, the, the, our constitu Constitution was drafted to protect the church from the government, to protect people from the government. I think as George Washington says that it's something to the effect of that whenever the people, or sorry, that whenever the government is afraid of the people, there is liberty, but whenever the people are afraid yes. of the government, there is tyranny. Yes. And that was yes. George Washington. That was how our nation was founded. And we are afraid. People are afraid left and right. I mean, think about how the just things have been used against Christians, especially. You know, we talked about a Christian family who was going to be, the, you know, uh, deported back to Germany. Deported, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, in, in that, praise the Lord, there was a stay. But the you know, people, yeah, the church got involved. They spoke up. Right. They communicated. They emailed. They called. And they made a difference. And that's what we've got to do. We've got yes. to quit being silent. There's a way to do things. We don't have to be nasty. Um, we don't have no. to be ugly. But I'll tell you what, we do need to be loud. Um, and yes. we need to be persistent. And, and to know that your beliefs, your rights are every, every bit as important, okay, is what all these other people are coming up saying theirs are and saying that yours aren't important. That's a lie. So just that's well said. I'm glad that you wanted to bring that point up. So that's good. You know, we're probably we're kind of running out of time here. So, y'all have any final thoughts before we kind of start talking? I just want to. There's a you have a scripture that here in a minute I'd like for you to share. But uh, do y'all have any other final thoughts, topics, stories? Well, Melissa, you you just keep watching the news and just keep praying and like Jeff, like Brett said. Sorry, my other the other voice. ponder. The other ponder, uh, like Brett said, just you know, ask Holy Spirit for discernment and just stay in the Word. And um, we have to keep our spirit man uh, vibrant and alive, and that's through reading the Word and through prayer and asking Holy Spirit for discernment as we go through these days. So, well, you had a, a scripture in Hebrew that uh, I would like for you to share. And uh, well, I'm not going to read it in Hebrew, but it is in Hebrews 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I did. I left the S off there, but I, I truly, I mean, I'd be thoroughly impressed. Of course, it is should be technically in Greek. I'd be impressed if you read it in Greek. True. <laughs> I just get tattoos in different languages. I don't know how to say them, though. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Hope you got it spelled right. It, I did. I did. She knew exactly what it said. So it was super cool. But yeah, the scripture, I just came across it again this week and I had some notes. Uh, in my Bible next to it, but it's Hebrews 12, 1, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And um, some 
I remember, well, actually, I remember when I was younger and just reading scriptures for the first time and stuff. And, and this whole phrase cloud of witnesses thinking that all these people that, you know, were believers and went before us and are in heaven, that they're just sitting around watching us. But that's not actually what that means. And it's more, think of like a, a, a legal courtroom kind of thing. And so these are witness testimonies. And so it's the believers, it's people like me who have gone before me that um, their testimonies of when they stood, I wrote this in my Bible, when they stood in faith and endured dif difficulties. And so um, they are examples for us and they are evidence that it can be done and that we can do that too, that someone just like me has done it before and I can do it too today. And so we have examples in the Old Testament. I think of Daniel, I think of, uh, of David and so many others. And then, of course, the apostles and the New Testament and Paul and all his amazing stories. And then we have people in uh, past history and then modern history. I think of, um, how do you say his name? Uh, he, he was a he was an influence during uh, Germany in the bon 1930s. Hofner. Bon yes. Yeah. So he's another example of someone who's gone before us and his testimony of standing in faith in difficult times is there for us to encourage us. And we know that our days are appointed and that um, God has chosen the day that we would be born and the days that we would walk out. And so we are born for such a time as this. And because of uh, the heritage of our past and all those that have gone before us that we can stand in faith to. And God is trustworthy and we can trust him. And he is our counselor. He's our guide. Um, he walks alongside us through these days and he guides us through them. And we don't get to just survive these days. That's not what it's about. We get to thrive through these days and we get to make a difference and we get to bring others alongside us as we go along. Well, does well said. And I would, I would encourage you also, you, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are mm -hmm. you pouring into your life? Exactly. Jesus tells us that, <clears throat> I mean, basically whatever we are putting in, okay, we are, we are pouring into our heart and that's becoming essentially that that's our fuel and our energy. You talked about uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Well, they're making a movie. Actually, Angel Studios got just got oh. a green light to make a movie about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which I think will be very well done. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited about that because they've not now. And if, for example, I'm always listening to things. And so uh, listen to if you're in the car, get get audible um, and listen to books on tape. Listen to Eric Metaxas and some of his stuff like he has mm -hmm. a book on Bonhoeffer, but he has another one that I'll tell you what really encourages me. There's actually two sets of books, uh, Seven Great Men, Seven Great Women. And then he wrote a follow-up, Seven More Great Men and Seven More Great Women. And it's talking about, you know, all these wonderful people, these, 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 these giants of our faith that are in history, but also in, in, in more modern times, including Billy Graham, you know, and, and all these people who survived concentration camps and, and things mm -hmm. that they went through. And how they not only survived, but they, God protected them. You know, through all of these tribulations, I mean, the worst of the worst. Um, right. And so it's just, you know, just in, if, if surround yourself also with people. It's important. I know that a lot of you uh, maybe just listening or watching, uh, you may not even, this might even, not even your church. You just stumbled across this. Um, but, you know, you're, you're listening online and you're watching online. I would just so encourage you to go 
when you can and actually sit in person because it is different. You're surrounded by people. The interaction is so important. People can give you a hug and smile and shake your hand and ask how you're doing. And just this is the important thing. This is what the church is supposed to be doing right now is to yes. love on people, to lift them up, to help them get to that new level of, of authority in the relationship with Jesus. And so, Melissa, I totally, totally agree. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate y'all coming on this evening. Um, you know, like I said, you know, most people don't want to talk about all this stuff. It's uncomfortable. It really is. When you're talking about, you know, politics and you're talking about <laughs> Israel and end times and whatever, it's uncomfortable. But again, thank you guys for coming on. And uh, Brett, just thank you for having the, us. Well, and I want to mention this, Brett, this is the first time you've been on since episode one. So I appreciate <laughs> you coming back on, buddy. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you, Trent. Yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Well, I just want to encourage you that if this is, you know, the first time you've ever watched, please subscribe. You know, we're not really following in that algorithm. The only time that people really listen is when you share it with others. So if you would share it with some, if this has blessed you in any way, share it with, uh, with your friends, with your family, subscribe. And again, if you have a relationship with Jesus, that's wonderful. But if you don't, let me tell you the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. This is in Roman, uh, Romans, uh, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your tongue and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and God raised him from the dead, that you are saved. That's what salvation is. So it's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And so if you do, have not yet made that decision, I highly, 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 and you feel God knocking on your heart because he says that he will stand at the door and knock. Do you feel that knock on your heart? Do you know that if you were hit by a bus or died today that you're going to be in, in heaven and you're going to have eternal life with in the in the glory and in the presence of the father with jesus if that if you don't know that then and you want to make that decision tonight then it goes just like all you have to do no matter where you are you can be in your car you can be in your living room you can be sitting at your desk and all you have to do is say these words heavenly father i know that you sent your only begotten son to die for me i received jesus christ as my lord and my savior and I know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Father God, for saving a sinner like me. If you've just made a decision for Christ, in the comments below, you're going to see that there's a link that you can click on that will connect you with us here at the church. Let us know. Let us come alongside you in your, in your faith walk. Let us pour into you, love on you, and tell you what you need to do in those next steps. Thanks for watching, and we can't wait to see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.